0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Uh, oh, uh, hello! Welcome to the Mansion of Leaves of Glen. It's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording in my basement. Uh, this is where I read the hottest in public domain books and short stories. This week, uh, we're going to read two short stories... From the book, 31 Horrifying Tales from the Dead by Drak von Stoller. It's going to be the uh, Curse of the Evil Fairies Fort uh, and Flesh on the Grill. Want to learn about the author? Sure you do. Do I know when he was born? Mm -mm, No. Do I know when he's dead? Uh, No, he's still alive, I think. I found out recently, but you'll learn more about that uh, later. Uh, Drak von Stoller is a horror slash ghost fiction writer who has written 227 short stories from 7 books titled 31 uh, Horrifying Tales from the Dead and have uh, and been downloaded over 2.5 million times to date. Dr. Vaughn Horrifying uh, horrifying Tales from the Dead. Anthology is available on Amazon Prime Video. Tubi, streaming services, uh, Cyclone Entertainment uh, signed a deal with Amplified Media in 2021 for worldwide distribution of Horrifying Tales from the Dead, uh, which is available on these websites. Walmart, Best Buy, FYE, which I had to look that up. That's For Your Entertainment. I'm glad they abbreviated that. Barnes & Noble, Movies Unlimited, and TCM. That's Turner Class Movies. Jock von Stoller has sold over 200 short stories in audiobook format that has uh, sold 3,991 copies through Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. Jock von Stoller is also in talks with two new companies for the year 2022 uh, with uh, broadening Jock's reach worldwide. Want to hear fun facts about him? He's a pharmacist. He's 10 years older than me. uh, He has a Twitter account with only one post on it, which you can find at twitter.com slash kevinstoler8. Uh, And he emailed me recently, which is the reason why I'm doing this episode. Uh, I have had previous episodes with Drock where uh, I tried to look him up and see how he's doing and get permission to read his stuff. Because in the past, he let me read his stuff on an older podcast I did with my brother-in-law and my sister. Uh, And uh, he always gave us permission, but then he just dropped off the face of the earth. Kind of around the time that COVID happened. And so I I got nervous that something happened to old Drock. But um, he emailed me just yesterday. And he says, uh, just wanted to say thanks for reading my stories on your podcast. Just to give you an update from 2020 on during the pandemic, I had more downloads in that year than any other with 500,000. In 2021, my anthology Horrifying Tales from the Dead was... Released worldwide by Amplified Media and made on demand through websites like Walmart, Best Buy, eBay, FYE, and many more. Uh, then in the mid-2021, the anthology was placed on Tubi, Streamings, and uh, Roku. And now in 2021, the anthology was uploaded on Play Media. Drak von Stoller is still alive and still building my empire. I give you permission to read uh, any of my stories on your podcast and you can use my update as well. Thanks, Drak von Stoller. So that's a goddamn relief. Sweet, sweet Drak is still alive and kicking. It's still building that beautiful empire. So to celebrate the fact that I now know he's not dead, uh, I'm gonna read uh, a couple of his stories for your pleasure. And Jesus H. Christ, I still have uh, a lot of time for the clock strikes. What's going on? Uh, A certain special, someone who's none of your business, now lives with me. That's the asshole that talked me into putting birds uh, in my smoking room. Why the hell you put birds in a smoking room makes no sense. Because there's smoke in there and the birds are going to die. And they're annoying. They keep chirping at me when I'm trying to mind my own business. Uh, This asshole is staring at me right now while I speak and is creeping me out. Which is the reason why it's going to be the most awkward episode I've made in my entire life. But old Glenn, uh, at least the upside of that is uh, he's... Not going to die alone. Uh, there's someone there to give him the Heimlich when he chokes on a, on a ham sandwich. Thank God. Stop laughing. Mind your own damn business. Well, the clock is struck, uh, so that's goddamn relief. Uh, let's move on uh, to the first of two stories from sweet, sweet Drak von Stolz. Of the Evil Fairies' Ford by Drach von Stoller. Patrick eh, and Sophie O'Brien were direct descendants of a cursed family when the tales of fairies were very much real and feared among the many Irish families abroad. Uh, uh, since Patrick and Sophie only knew of the tales uh, that were told by their parents and were not uh, directly affected by the superstitions, they didn't really believe in any of them. Patrick Sophie would joke at times about the evil fairies that lived in the forts just miles from where they lived. The children's father would tell bedtime stories to their three children, uh, Seamus, Niall, and Ayn. Uh, The children often had nightmares about fairies taking their souls and coming back as a changeling to torment their family. Uh, Then die shortly thereafter with their parents never realizing that, that, uh, that it was never their child. As the children got a little older... Uh, their fear of fairies seemed to fade. One day, uh, the children got the courage to take a, a trip to the fairy's fort uh, to put their fears to rest about these evil fairy tales. And their parents had told them when they were too young to distinguish between fantasy and reality, uh, Seamus was the older of the three children and the bravest. So it was evident that he would be the one to lead them through you know, the evil fairy's fort. i Uh, was the youngest and most frightened, but she knew her older brothers would take good care not to let anything harm her. Oh, the children proceeded to sneak out of the house when their mother, uh, Sophie, stopped them dead in their tracks and said, "Uh, uh, 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 "'Where do you children think you're going?' Well, the children replied, uh, to, to ride our bikes through the trails, and we'll make sure to get back before sundown. <laughs> and the mother said, oh, please be careful. You better all uh, be back for dinner. Seamus said, don't worry, Mom, uh, we'll be right on time for dinner. That's a promise. Okay, now hurry along. I've made cookies and hot apple pie for dessert, said Sophie. And the children got on their bikes and uh, pedaled into the woods and waited for their mother to go inside the house. Seamus said, I think the coast is clear. So they quietly pushed their bikes uh, back out of the woods uh, to the side of their house and one by one slowly rode their bikes to the street and took off as fast as they could, uh, pedaled down the road uh, to the Evil Fairy's Fort. Finally, after an hour of riding down the road, they reached their destiny, the evil fairy's fort. "'Oh, there really isn't such a place,' uh, said Niall. Uh, "'Look at this place. That's uh, really creepy-looking. And uh, I wouldn't want to live here,' said Ein. "'Well, since uh, we're here, who wants to go in first? said Seamus. Uh, "'I do,' said Niall. Niall entered the fort and immediately felt like he was uh, being watched by something other than his sister and brother.' Uh, is uh, anyone feeling what I'm feeling right now? Said Niall. Uh, that part still in quotes. Ain and Seamus laughed at Niall. All I feel is a cool breeze. Nothing unusual, said Seamus. Ain said, Niall, don't talk like that. You know I scare very easily. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. I really felt like someone's watching me, said Niall. That part still in quotes. I want to go home, said Ain. Oh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> "'Let's just stick close together "'and not separate from one another,' said Seamus. "'Seamus said, "'I don't believe this is really a fairy's fort.' "'Seamus found a metal pipe "'and started shouting and swinging his metal pipe "'with great force, uh, desecrated the evil fairy's fort. "'That's quite a twist. "'Just suddenly destroys this place "'that went to spend an hour trying to get to. "'Seamus was uh, in for a big surprise. "'Each swing of the metal pipe against the fort "'just angered the fairies even more. "'The fairies, seen enough!' And it was time to teach these little kids a lesson uh, that will be their last. All of a sudden, there was a blinding light. So bright, it lit up the whole fort. The children couldn't find their way out, and they were frozen with fear. All the children could hear was the evil fairy's voice telling them their souls were being taken right before their very eyes. And when they uh, return to their home, they will be changelings. The evil fairy explained to the children (laughs) when you return home, you will whine and screech and and constantly irritate your parents. Uh, Also, uh, you will have an appetite that just can't be satisfied. And if any one of you should survive, you will be rejected by all fairies and you will no longer belong to your parents. Uh, If you shall die, your parents will never realize you aren't their child. Uh, Now Go! "'And uh, and uh, do your evil deeds. "'Your souls no longer belong to you,' said the evil fairy. "'The bright light uh, diminished, and the fairy vanished before their eyes, "'and uh, the possessed children left the fort, "'got on their bikes, and headed home to torment their parents. "'Oh, the children's eyes were red as fire, "'hearts pounding out of their chests and whining "'as they pedaled their way back home.' Now that the evil thoughts were in their minds, they were ready to tear their once-beloved home into a demon house. Oh, it was getting dark outside, and their dinner was getting cold, and their parents were worried sick something bad may have happened to them, and they were right. As the children approached their house, uh, Sophie was looking out of Ayn's bedroom window on the second level of the house, hoping the children would show up soon. Sophie said, Oh, look, I can see them, but, eh, something's wrong. "'Am I imagining things, or are uh, are their eyes red as fire? Uh, "'And can I also hear a a whining noise?' (laughs) "'I love they're just on their bikes, going, ehhh.'" "'Their husband got out of the chair and came to the window.'" "Uh, "'Do you see what I see?' said Sophie.'" That's still all in quotes. "'No, uh, I do not. You're just imagining things,' said Patrick.'" Uh, That's all in quotes. "'I know what I saw was not my imagination. "'Our children's eyes were red as fire, "'and I could have sworn the whining came from them,' said Sophie. "'Nonsense,' said Patrick. Uh, "'What you need is to calm down.' Uh, and when you see the children, their eyes, they won't be red, and they won't be whining either. Oh, you're just letting the evil fairy superstition get the best of you. As long as uh, we've lived in this house, we've never encountered anything out of the ordinary. And especially, there has uh, been no evil fairies lurking in the woods, and not in our house. Now, let's just drop the whole thing, and I'll see, you'll see I'm right. The children got off their bikes, ran into the house, sat down at the dinner table, and "'Tore into the cold food like a bunch of wild animals. "'Oh!' Sophie said, and Patrick ran down the stairs "'to confront the children as to why they were so late. "'Before they could scold the children, "'all three children turned their heads with their parents "'and their eyes red as fire started whining and screeching. "'What is wrong with our little darling?' said Sophie to Patrick. "'Ah, uh, this is some kind of joke. It is very funny,' said Patrick. "'I want you all to get up at the table and, uh, and go to the living room, "'and I want some answers.' "'Question mark. What's the matter?' "'Daddy, don't you like the way your little darlings are acting?' said the children. "'Daddy, why don't you and Mommy go to your room "'and don't come out until we say you can?' said, ha, 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 that's if you're all grounded for a week, said Patrick. And the children just laughed and threw their plates on the floor and, and, and ran upstairs to the room. Sophie started crying and said, uh, uh the fairies have stolen their souls and I'll, I'll never get them back. What do we do, Patrick? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to give them all a spanking to let them know how upset I am, said Patrick. Patrick, my darling, please... Don't spank the kids. They're changelings, and you yourself told them stories about the evil fairies. Now that we see with our own eyes the tales our parents told us when we were children were really true, but we were too scared to go near the evil fairies' fort. But somehow our children, even though they uh, were disbelievers, uh, were not afraid to venture into the fairies' fort uh, and to uh, conjure them up. Patricks, let's uh, lock their doors and in the morning bring the priest to bless our house and perform an exorcism on our children. Maybe this will bring our children's souls back so that they can live again as normal children should live, said Sophie. Sophie, now you know an exorcism has never been performed because everyone that has ever come in contact with the evil fairies have uh, rarely survived. Uh, there's about a 1% chance of survival. Hmm, and if they do survive, then they are shunned by the evil fairies and their own families. As much as I hate to say this, there is no cure for our children. We will probably uh, be burying them all by the end of the week, Said Patrick. <laughs> no, I won't let you talk like that about our children. There has to be a way out of this curse, and I won't rest until I find a cure, said Sophie. Oh, okay, Sophie, uh, go ahead and do what you need to do. But in reality, you will see that I was right all along, said Patrick. Sophie stormed out of the room and, and slept on the couch uh, the remainder of the night. Oh, she's punishing him. And uh, she prayed and wept all through the night that God would intervene and save the children's souls from the evil fairy's curse. All that was heard in the O'Brien's house that night was, uh, oh, uh, whining and uh, uh, screeching at the children's bedroom doors. Finally, uh, morning came, huh? and Sophie got in her car and drove as fast as she could to beg her preacher to come to her home and save her children from the evil fairy's curse. Uh, but the curse was too strong for any mortal to break. As Sophie sped down the road, she noticed something was very wrong as she passed the houses on her street. It was though she really wasn't making any headway down the road. Huh? Huh? And all the houses were the same and just uh, ended up in the same spot right in front of their own house. Sophie stopped her car put her head in her hands and wept uncontrollably. Sophie's husband walked up to the car and knocked on Sophie's car door. Sophie rolled down the window. Patch asked her, uh, uh, what's going on? I thought you were driving to bring the preacher back to our house. I was, but as I was driving down the road, nothing changed. All I kept seeing was the same houses on her street. It's as though some, uh, uh, some force was keeping me from getting to my destination. <laughs> I know I was gone for uh, over an hour, but you can't tell me this is as far as I got, said Sophie. Sophie, I don't know what's going on, but, but get out of the car and let me go and get the preacher, said Patrick. Oh, please hurry, Patrick. Uh, there's not much time left, said Sophie. Well, Patrick sped off down the road as Sophie was walking up the steps to the uh, front door of the house, and just as she turned to wave goodbye, the car exploded, killing Patrick instantly. Oh, Sophie ran down the steps, screaming to the top of her lungs, And why did the evil fairies kill my Patrick? Sophie dropped to her knees and asked God not to let the fairies harm her children. Oh, if they want to take anyone, uh, take me, but don't, please don't take the children, uh, they've done nothing to hurt uh, the fairies, uh, but Sophie was wrong, Se- Seamus destroyed the evil fairies for it with his metal pipe, and the fairies forewarned anyone that desecrated the evil fairies for it will surely die, along with any fan members, uh, period, Sophie's whole world came crashing down in a 24 hour period. Sophie said to herself, if I don't get a grip, oh, I'll surely lose the children, too. And, and I don't want that to happen. Sophie ran back to the house to call the police, but all I got was a busy signal. So she uh, ran to the neighbor's house to use their phone. Oh, oh, I'll, oh, Sophie knocked on the door, and all the evil fairy answered the door and said, uh, it's too late, uh, the, uh, the children's souls are mine by the time you reach them, they will uh, all be dead and you will be taken back to the fairy's fort where you will be locked inside forever as, a, as, a, ha, as an evil hag. Ha, and I will uh, let you see your children as they take the last breath. And then you will be whisked away to the evil fairy's fort where you will spend eternity as an evil hag scaring off any intruders uh, that try to desecrate the fort. Oh, Sophie's tears were pouring down her cheeks as she walked inside her house to see her children for the last time. All she could hear uh, was their whining. Sophie decided that since she uh, lost her husband and was going to lose her children, uh, she wasn't about to spend eternity as an evil hag, uh, so she went upstairs to her room and opened the top dress drawer, uh, and she pulled out uh, Patrick's revolver, loaded the gun, and went to the children's room, kissed her dying children on their foreheads until there was uh, no life in them. She kissed them till there's no life in them. she) st- She sucked even more life force out of him and then pointed the gun to her head and pulled the trigger and Sophie fell to the ground dead. The O'Brien family was no more. And after the townspeople found out what had happened to the O'Briens, the townspeople built a concrete wall around the evil fairies' fort to keep out curious onlookers. Finally, the townspeople could rest easy and not have to live in fear, wondering when the evil fairies would wreak havoc on their town. This Sounds like a good solution, building a giant concrete wall around something dangerous, a lot like uh, uh, Chernobyl. But what's even better than a concrete wall is if you were to take a, oh, I don't know, uh, some kind of material that's easy to manipulate and it's malleable and it's beautiful to look at. I don't know, maybe like a glass wall made of DoorGlass Incorporated, which is D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. Uh, They're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products for the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory eh, combined with years of experience makes them the premier source for installation and repair. Oh, oh, they approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, And most importantly, when you're dealing with fairies that have a fort that they don't like fucked with, they're discreet. What do they do? Commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, insulation repair, and they will design and build any goddamn thing you want. You want to fuck with fairies? They will design and build a glass wall that is beautiful to look at, and maybe it's got a reflective surface. You don't have to see the shitty fairies' fort that looks like a broken-down rambler. Their client's Oh, Pottery Barn, Williams-Sonoma, Sherman-Williams, Portillo's, the Salt Cave, which is a, a place in Minneapolis where apparently they have Himalayan salt walls with lights behind them, so you walk in, it looks all ethereal and cool. And you're supposed to do yoga in there and all sorts of white people shit. But the thing is, don't touch the walls. It's on their website. Whatever you do, for God's sake, don't touch the goddamn salt walls. They also, uh, Applebee's. Well, with that, why don't we take a break before we read our next story. And uh, retire to the master bedroom, where I can sing to you, uh, quietly, uh, breathily, whisper the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Alright, hold on. Almost there. Just trying to get my girlfriend to clean up after... What the hell is that?! Oh, you're dressed as a sexy kind of witch. For the first time in months, you actually got an outfit that I approve of here in the master bedroom with my silken sheets and my heart-shaped bed. Uh, it's, what's, uh, oh, this is the book you're dressing up like? The League of Gentlewomen Witches. Oh, finally, finally you're giving me something I want. Uh, as much fun as the English language will permit. The New York Times best, uh, Book review on the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels, uh, just when you thought it was safe to go back into the tea house. Yeah, it sounds fun. Miss Charlotte Pettifer belongs to a secret league of women skilled in the subtle arts. That is to say, although it must never be said, witchcraft. The League of Gentle Women Witches yeah, strives to improve the world in small ways, using magic uh, they tidy, correct, Uh, and manipulate according to their notions of what's proper, uh, entirely unlike those reprobates in Wisteria society. When the long-lost amulet of the Black Barrel is discovered, it is up to Charlotte as the future leader of the League to make the powerful talisman uh, make sure it does not fall into the wrong hands. Therefore, it is the most unfortunate when she crosses paths with Alex O'Reilly, a pirate, who's no Mr. Darcy. What is with people, Mr. Darcy? I can't stand it. With all the world scrambling after the amulet, Alex and Charlotte join forces to steal it together. Well, that's a little twist. If they could only keep their pickpocketing hands to themselves. (laughs) Yeah, if Alex is not careful, he just might steal something else, such as Charlotte's heart. Want to hear praise for this book? Yeah, I'm sure you do. A brilliant mix of adventure, uh, romance, and Oscar Wilde-esque absurdity. Uh, one of the wittiest, most original rom-coms I've read all year, says Evie Dunmore, USA Today best-selling author of Bringing Down the Duke. Ugh. There's no literary experience quite like reading an India Holton book. The League of Gentlewoman Witches is a wild, rollicking, mm, Delicious carnival ride of a story filled with rakish pirates, oh, chaotic witches, and flying houses, in parentheses, and bicycles and pumpkins. Delightful banter and some serious steam. Eh. You've never read Victorian romance like this before. Oh, it'll ruin you for everything else, says Lana Harper, New York Times bestselling author of Paybacks of Witch. Ugh. <laughs> Screw all this crap. Why don't we, uh... I'm not horny now, even though you're wearing a great suit. You look a little smug. A little more smug than you should be. Uh, let's go back downstairs. So that was The League of uh, Gentlewomen Witches by India Holton. You can find it on paperback March 15th, 2022, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's... <sighs> Target, and... Walmart... Yeah, wipe that smug look off your face. We're going to go back downstairs and read the next installment of this delightful uh, book of stories. But there you are. Took a sweet time getting down here. At least you're still wearing the sexy outfit, even though I don't like the look on your face. So I'm going to read to you, Flesh on the Grill by Drock von Stoller. Charlie yeah, was sick and tired of cooking at his Uncle Sam's diner, because all Sam had on the menu was the same bland stuff that had been cooked over 20 years. Oh, Charlie knew he could do better than his uncle ever could. Charlie decided that he had enough money saved up to open his own little diner in town. Burp. The following morning, he was going to tell Uncle Sam today would be his last day to work at the diner. Oh, Charlie broke the news to his Uncle Sam, but Sam was hurt that Charlie wanted to leave the family business. Sam said, uh, Charlie, uh, why do you want to leave? Have we paid you well and given you all the free meals and a a nice place to stay? Charlie answered, "Nah, eh, Please don't make this difficult for us both. I'm not happy here anymore. I just feel that it's uh, time for me to move on. Besides, I'm a man now, and I need to take care of my own man-self and start my own diner. Uh, "'I hope you understand, Uncle,' Sam replied. "'Oh, yes, I do understand. "'I just wanted to believe that you would just work here "'for the rest of your life like I have. "'But sometimes leaving the family business is for the best. Uh, "'When you open your new diner, Charlie, "'can I please come by and see what wonderful things you've done?' Uh, uh, uh "'Sure, Uncle Sam. Uh, "'You'll be the first person I call. Uh, "'Now, Uncle, come over and give me a big hug. "'Wish me luck!' Uh, Okay, Charlie, Uh, you take good care of yourself. I'm sure they're hugging at this point. And don't forget to call me when the diner is finished, said Uncle Sam. Uh, Don't worry, Uncle Sam, you'll love my new diner. Now, uh, tell everyone it's been a pleasure working here. Why don't you just go do it yourself? Now I've got to get back to the bank and take out a small loan to cover some of the construction costs uh, for the new diner, said Charlie. Charlie, uh... Uh, why do you let me give you some money you need to uh, cover the remaining construction costs, said Uncle Sam. Oh, no, I appreciate your kindness, but I uh, need to do uh, all this alone, just like you did when you started your diner, said Charlie. Well, all right, I'll be uh, talking soon, Charlie, said Uncle Sam. Charlie's diner, oh, is up and running, ready to give his Uncle Sam's diner a run for their money. Uh, in reality, Charlie's was a flop compared to his Uncle Sam's diner, but that was to be expected since Uncle diner had been there for, uh, oh, I don't know, over 20 years now. Charlie was uh, working longer hours than expected to make a profit. Uh, Charlie started getting depressed and, uh, and, and drinking more than he should. Then one night, when all of his customers were gone... Charlie sat down at one of the tables eating a ham sandwich because that's all he could afford since his diner was losing so much money. Uh, Charlie could barely pay his rent on time and there was no extra money to spend on himself. Charlie went back in the kitchen to make a fresh batch of chili for the next day since that was uh, one of his best dishes. But that wasn't saying much. As Charlie was stirring his chili, he paused for a moment, thinking as hard as he could. Uh, to think of some way to drum up more business and bring Uncle Sam's diner's customers to his place instead. Then entered a man dressed in a black trench coat uh, with a black hat and dark glasses. Charlie said to the stranger, "Eh, Can't you see a place that's closed for the night? The stranger responded, "Eh, That's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want to make a deal with you. Uh, Charlie said, "Is this uh, some kind of joke or something?" Oh, oh, oh! It's no joke," said the stranger. "Okay, uh, what kind of deal could you possibly want to make with me? Because I'm not selling the diner. I just need a way to bring in more customers. That's all," said Charlie. "Oh, oh if you will just be quiet for a goddamn moment, I will." He didn't write that part in. "I will tell you what I'm offering. Number one, I don't want to buy you out." Uh, What I have to offer you will bring in more customers than you could dream about, said the stranger. Oh, okay, I'm listening, said Charlie. The stranger said, uh, here's the deal. Chili is your specialty, so why not make it irresistible? Uh, And what about mouth-watering steaks and chicken to die for? Uh, Wait a second, stranger. How did you know chili is my specialty, said Charlie? The stranger said... I did a little research before I stopped at your diner. The stranger said, This may sound morbid to you, but I'm telling you, if you do as I say, you will have more money than you've ever dreamed of. And when you come back in the morning, open the freezer, there will be a note from me telling you how to prepare the meat. And once you have done this, and marinate the meat uh, by the directions, uh, the customers will flood your diner. Uh, How's that sound, Charlie? Charlie said... Oh, there's got to be a catch, so tell me right now what the, uh, what, the, what the catch is. The catch, Charlie, is simple. I want you to sign over your soul to me by signing this contract. If you don't sign this contract, i will burn down your diner and you along with it. Now you got five minutes uh, to think it over, said the stranger. Oh, Charlie responded, uh, yeah, come on, it's a joke. Just to prove to you this is no joke. Uh, see that chair over there, said the stranger. The stranger Blew fire from his mouth and the chair turned to ash. Oh, the stranger put on the glasses and said, I believe your five minutes is up. It took five minutes to do that. And the, it said, The stranger, okay, stranger, you drive a hard bargain. I'll sign my soul over to you, said Charlie. As Charlie was signing his name on the dotted line, the stranger ooh, touched Charlie's hand. Uh, and when the stranger raised his hand off of Charlie's hand, and, <laughs> Oh, the number 666 was burning on the back of Charlie's head. When Charlie looked up, the stranger vanished into thin air, but Charlie heard the stranger's voice still say, Remember our deal? Uh, you break it, you die. Charlie went home uh, to get some sleep. The next morning, Charlie did as the stranger told him and opened the freezer, and there was a note on the meat hook. Charlie took the note off the hook, and in the note, the stranger said, Look behind you on the meat hook is the meat, and the meat tenderizer is located in the refrigerator behind the counter. This is all really specific. Once you use this meat up, you'll have to replenish the stock in the freezer. Charlie cut off enough meat to make some chili and steaks for tonight's menu. Charlie said to himself, Uh, I really hope this does the trick and and brings in the customers by the truckload. Charlie had no idea the meat he was cutting on was human, not animal. And the meat tenderizer was a mixture of human blood uh, and special herbs. The stranger in the black concocted. Charlie fired up the grill in the kitchen and let the meat set the tenderizer for, oh, I don't know, about an hour, according to the directions. And the moment Charlie placed the meat on the grill and the aroma was pouring through the exhaust pipe to the outside air, oh, oh, cars were pulling into Charlie's diner, like it was a one of the only restaurants in town. Oh, Charlie couldn't believe what he was seeing. Oh, the stranger was right. Cars would be pouring into his diner by the truckload, said Charlie. Charlie! Charlie! was becoming overwhelmed by the customers and needed more help. So he called some of his friends to see if they could help him out of a jam. And before he knew it, Charlie's diner was fully staffed. Oh, and the money was coming in at such a fast pace, he could barely fit it in the cash register. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie was smiling ear to ear. And one of the customers asked Charlie, where, do you, uh, where, where did you get this meat? Oh it's, uh, oh, it's so tender. And whatever you use for the marinade... Oh, I want your recipe. Or did you think about bottling, eh, the tenderizer and selling in stores? Oh, well, I believe you got the, I believe you got the best tenderizer in the state, and maybe uh, in the whole uh, uh, United States. I know a friend who may be able to market your meat tenderizer. Charlie was so excited that he could go to the bank and, and pay off his loan and quit. Eating ham sandwiches, <laughs> everything at Charlie's diner was going well until he opened the freezer and noticed he used up all the meat tenderizer uh, that the stranger in the in the back left. The refrigerator was empty, and Charlie said, "Oh, oh, oh! What am I gonna do now? If I don't get some of that fresh meat and tenderizer, I'm finished." A few hours later and a lot of pacing back and forth at the diner, the stranger in black appeared at one of Charlie's tables. Charlie came over to the stranger in black and said, uh, uh, How'd you get in here? I didn't see you enter through the door of my diner. Charlie, that's not important right now. Uh, how are things going? Are all the customers pouring into your diner like I said they would? said the stranger. Oh, well, yes, and I can't thank you enough, kind sir, but I have a major problem on my hands. I have no more meat and tenderizer. You brought me to get my business off the ground. Uh, Could you you please help me out? Uh, And I won't bother you anymore. That's a promise, said Charlie. Charlie, uh, why don't you have a seat? I'll let you in on a little secret. And when I tell you this secret, you can't back out because you have uh, signed over your soul, burp, and I own you, said the stranger in black. Charlie, uh... Nervously sat down, but wanted to be the most successful diner in the state. Uh, "'Okay, tell me your secret," said Charlie. Uh, "'Oh, now that I've got your attention. uh, "'The meat in the freezer you've been cutting on?' "'Whoa, whoa, was not animal meat. "'It was human.'" Uh-huh. And the meat tenderizer uh, the meat was soaking in was human blood uh, mixed with special herbs I like concocted. Uh, before you get up and try to run out of the store or call the police, I will have you thrown on your own grill and watch you cook alive. And then you are done cooking, I will cut pieces of flesh off from your body and dip it in my special steak sauce. That is irresistible, said the stranger in black. Charlie responded to the stranger in black. Are you uh, some kind of sick pervert? Because I've never killed anyone in my entire life, and you expect me to believe uh, this is all right. Well, you might as well throw me on my grill and cook me because I think you're bluffing. Charlie jumped out of the seat at the table, and the stranger uh, in black were sitting in and made a, a beeline toward the door. He climbed in his car while the stranger in black was laughing. Charlie was shaking like a leaf because he thought the stranger was psychotic uh, and may cause harm to him. And Charlie was right because the stranger in black was none other than the devil. (laughs) Live in girlfriend thought that was funny. Charlie frantically turned the key in the ignition, but to no response. The stranger in black approached Charlie's car, busted out of the driver's side window, and grabbed Charlie by the throat, yanked him out of his car, throwing him on the ground, saying, uh, "'If you're not convinced about how serious I am, uh, I, then maybe uh, this will convince you.'" The stranger said, "'I think the grill is on, yeah, but there's one thing missing, and I believe that is meat.'" I wonder where I can find some fresh meat. Uh, Oh, I know where. Charlie. Charlie said, not me. (laughs) Before Charlie could say another word, his body was lying on the grill burning. (laughs) The stranger in black said, well, do you believe me now? (laughs) Yes, please give me one more chance and I'll do anything you ask, he says clearly while he's burning on the grill, said Charlie. One more thing before you go. Uh, I'm the devil. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it says ha ha ha. The devil <laughs> raised Charlie off of the grill and told Charlie, if you want to you keep your diner and your life, you better get to work. The next time you see me, I won't be so forgiving. And uh, when I put you on the grill, you won't be coming off. I'll be dipping your flesh in my steak sauce, enjoying every bite while you're screaming for me to stop and give you another chance. Well, Charlie started placing ads in the local newspaper, next logical step, to hire more cooks and and waitresses. Charlie had no problem finding help because his diner was the talk of the town. But for anyone that answered, Charlie's ads would be their last. Charlie would give his applicants a tour of his diner, and as they were filling out the application, Charlie would... "'Come up behind him and knock him unconscious, "'and give him a lethal injection of poison.' "'After Charlie's first kill, he said, "Uh, "'This isn't as high as I thought it would be, Uh, "'but after a while, just like all killers, "'you're bound to slip up. "'And as the body count was getting uh, a little bit too high, uh, "'the police were starting to pay "'Charlie frequent visits to his diner. Uh, "'But it wasn't for food. "'It was about his applicants coming up missing without a trace, "'and Charlie was running out of excuses. "'The customers started complaining "'about their food tasting funny.' because Charlie was giving lethal doses of poison to his victims, and there were traces of poison in their flesh, which caused the flesh that he cooked at Charlie's diner to taste funny. Got it. The truckload of customers that were used to fill up Charlie's parking lot were uh, starting to diminish day by day, until Charlie was back where he started, broke and desperate. As Charlie was getting ready to lock up for the day, the devil decided to pay Charlie a visit. Well... "'Charlie, it looks like you're uh, not doing so hot, "'but I'm here to help you out for the uh, for the last time,' said the devil. "'Charlie said, uh, "'Really?' "'Yes, Charlie. "'I think I've seen enough of what you could do, "'so I've decided to live up to my end of the bargain,' said the devil. Uh, "'What are you talking about, devil?' said Charlie. "'Oh, how quickly we do forget. Mm-hmm. "'I do believe you signed your soul over to me, "'and now I'm ready to collect. "'By the way, Charlie, did you forget to turn the grill off?' said the devil. Uh, "'No, it's on.' I turned it it on myself just a few minutes ago, said Charlie. Well, it kind of smells like you left some fresh flesh on the grill, Charlie, said the devil. "Uh, No, you must be mistaken, said Charlie nervously. Well, I think we should both go over to the grill and see if I'm telling the truth, said the devil. "Uh, Why don't you check it out yourself? I think I left something in my car. Mm, I'll just go out and get it, and it won't be long, said Charlie. As Charlie raced towards the door and made a run for it, the door locked, and Charlie said, "Uh, Please let me out. I've done nothing wrong. Please let me out. Charlie was shaking like a leaf. I don't think you're going anywhere. The only place you're going uh, is on the grill. You know something, Charlie? I don't think I've tried your great cooking. Hmm, yeah, and, and now I think is a good time. The devil picked Charlie's skinny body up and threw him back on the grill for the last time. As Charlie lay there on the flaming grill, screaming and pleading for his life, Charlie was slipping in and out of consciousness while the devil was pouring meat tenderizer on Charlie's body, preparing for a tasty meal. Oh, oh, the devil started hacking pieces of Charlie's body off and cutting his flesh into smaller pieces, uh, dipping it into the devil's own steak sauce while laughing and calling Charlie a, 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 a stupid fool. Charlie... Did you really think I wouldn't come back to get your soul and destroy you? I'm the devil. (laughs) The next morning, Charlie's diner was on fire because the devil turned the grill to the highest setting, but the diner didn't burn all the way uh, to the ground. Oh, the fire department was able to save over half of Charlie's diner. Uh, After careful investigation by the police, they discovered skeletal remains on Charlie's grill that were taken to the forensics department for analysis, which the results came back stating the remains belonged to uh, Charlie. But they weren't sure why his body was found on the grill. The police uh, reports stated that the grill must have had a gas leak. and Charlie's lungs were filled up with uh, carbon monoxide, which resulted in Charlie's death. Uh, It was ruled that Charlie's death was an accident. The secret went up in flames with Charlie on the grill. Well, that was a lot of fun. With that, uh, why don't we go back to the uh, smoking room, which, thanks to my live-in girlfriend, is now a hellish place to sit and review uh, what we just read. Oh, good, you finally got your ass down here in the smoking room. Uh, and I warn you, a uh, live-in girlfriend thought it'd be a cute idea to decorate this place with uh, caged birds because she thought it would be classy to uh, it'd be classy to have uh, something living in a smoking room where their tiny little bird lungs are just going to wind up getting cancer. Why don't we recap this uh, chapters, or the two stories I read. Uh, that, uh, uh, first is the fairy fort that's, a uh, Dumb kids do this elaborate thing with the bike to trick their parents and then just wind up biking for an hour to some sort of rambler that looks like crap. It turns out fairies live in that rambler, drinking Pabst and being dicks, and then the kids, being bigger dicks, just grab a pole and just start smacking the house with it. So they wind up getting their soul sucked out and they wind up... Uh, Getting, uh, whatever, turned into changelings. Go back to their parents, and all they really are is just kind of annoying. I love how they're riding their bikes just whining, long, laborious whines while they're biking. (laughs) And then they wind up going in the house, throwing plates around and being cocks. Uh, everyone dies. Uh, I love that they blew up the car. And then, uh, the the next story is, uh, God, that's annoying. (laughs) The next story is, um... A nephew that just wants to have his own restaurant. Uh, he wants to be as successful as his uncle, so he winds up uh, starting it, and it sucks. Mysterious man shows up, says, I'm just gonna put meat in your freezer, and you can cook that shit, and you're gonna be fine. Uh, sell me your soul, and uh, of course, like any sane person would do, they go, yeah, soul, whatever, and they just, uh, they sell it. So, turns out, it's the devil, and he's been selling meat this whole time. But the idiot kept using poison to kill everyone, um, and, uh, it made uh, left quite a, a trail for the police to follow by having everyone that ever tries to get a job at his place get murdered right away through poison, which ruins the meat. So then he goes down the tubes, and he winds up getting killed, and the police think it's an accident. Uh, so that's a recap on those. What's good? Um, everyone dies. What sucks? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe the heavy-handed "I'm the devil" part was a little <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, what do we learn? Uh, don't just put things into your mouth. And You don't really know what it is. When you go to a restaurant, you literally have no idea what you're putting in your mouth. And uh, that's probably not the safest thing to do. And uh, also, if you see an abandoned home, don't grab a pipe and start hitting it. So uh, we learned to just don't be such a cock and be careful uh, to not eat things made by... Shut up. Made by strangers. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week where I bought a story I'm probably not supposed to read called uh, Castle of Terror by Caroline Farr. Probably not public domain, but I don't think Caroline's alive and I don't think that the publishing house is around to uh, sue me. So with that, uh, we'll see you next week. one left.